Folks, even after all these years, my partner still asks musical questions that he doesn't mean to ask. So I'm going to give it to you. Here it is. Something that I have always hated about the radio business was they want a three-minute song. And going back to 70s and 80s, even early 90s, you had to put out a three-minute song. Most radio stations wouldn't, uh, wouldn't play it at all. And who kind of broke that finally were the Eagles when they put out Hotel California. It's a seven-minute song. And their record company says, well, you got to edit this down to three minutes. They said, take it or leave it. And the Eagles were on fire at the time, so they played it. And the uh, song went to number one. Everything was fine. Sold millions of albums. And the first station I worked at, we, we had this on an album. Billy Swan's I Can Help. <clears throat> and it had that second part where he comes back with the guitar when they start to fade out and come back. And so longer version available. And for people like Paul and I on our show, the songs we play, I feel, are more important because we don't play as many songs because we're more entertainment and talk-based. So when you play a song, you want to play a good song. And when you play a good song, you want to play the best version of that song. That's also why you hear Paul and I complain when something gets loaded in the computer that's not the original recording of a hit song. We've had problems with that with... uh, most of our Kenny Rogers songs are not original versions, but it's only been that way for 34 years. And with the new computer, which I had somebody in public that I'd never met before ask me about my new computer. <laughs> I said, well, it's either going to be the end of me working there or the death of me. I haven't decided which one yet. <laughs> didn't, didn't that happen? Didn't Queen have a long, that 13 minute song or something? They, they Everybody thought that'll never work. Bohemian Rhapsody was eight minutes. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And yep. it turned out to be a huge song. Right. Yeah. Turns out the guys at the record companies who just called all the shots forever didn't know. But in the beginning of your career, they control everything. Yeah. So you signed the contract, you took the advance. And so they say, your eight-minute song is a three-minute song, and I don't care if you like it. Yeah, we're paying you. Right, right. So I've never done anything for money, so it's different for me. <laughs> well, 36 degrees out there this morning. High of 52 today. Last I saw, it was going to be 61 tomorrow, but windy, so I think... Oh, yeah, it says windy tomorrow, so yeah. I think, uh, I guess we'll play Thursday instead of Wednesday. You know what's funny? They uh, <clears throat> they kind of did that here with me, and they said, look, we had a consultant come in. He said, look, you're, uh, your news should never be longer than like two to three minutes. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to try something different. <laughs> That'll never work. Right. Right. Well, it might not work wherever you're from. Yep. And and we've said that for years. Our show probably wouldn't go in a lot of places. Yeah. You you got to let the people decide what they right. like. Yeah, exactly. It's like a restaurant. Otherwise, if your goal is to go in and sound like every other radio show, you're never going to stand out. Mm-hmm. You're not going to last. You're not going to make any money. And they didn't like arguing with me anyway. Yeah. You know, so, hey, you go into a restaurant just because a guy owns a restaurant, you still let them pick what they want. Right. You don't say, you got to have the beef tips and broccoli. <laughs> no. You let them pick what they want, what they think. And um, 
But now songs are long. As long as you want, wandering yeah. all over the place. Oh, yeah. Long yeah. just for the sake of being long sometimes. Yeah. We've, In fact, we very seldom ever have a song now in country that's less than three minutes. Right. You very seldom ever have a song less than three minutes. So There's a Billy Joel song that sings about that. I believe that. <laughs> Jeez. You know, God, Wilson. <laughs> It, it's who I am, okay? It's just who I am. Two forty. Well, actually, I got something on that that you're gonna like, okay. and, and I don't know why I did this. Last Friday, was it last Friday? Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving, or maybe it was the day before. That's irrelevant. I was sitting there in my chair. And um, I was uh, going through some stuff, and uh, and something came up about, um, or there was a video or something of uh, of the Carpenters, and I just happened to be looking at it and and watching uh, Karen Carpenter sing that song, mm-hmm. and um, I really, I really just, I look closely. In into Karen Carpenter's face, and I, I'm looking at this face, and it's just I'm struggling with it because she's singing this song, and you you could just you could just see the sadness and um, the depression that this girl was fighting. Mm-hmm. You you could see it while she's singing this song. I could feel it in my bones. I could see it in her face, and it just struck me. I don't know why. It was just the right time. It just struck me. So, I I started looking up a lot of stuff on uh, Karen Carpenter, and I, I started reading um, some stuff about her and what she went through. And if you read it, uh, you you can understand why there was there was so much sadness there um, in her eyes and uh, in her expressions, and uh, then. Of course, everybody knows about her battle with anorexia and so forth, but uh, a lot of people don't know what what even brought that on um, and why she was like that. And uh, I found, I I read a lot of interesting things about her, about her marriage, about her relationship, um, about how when they, they were first signed in the early 70s and they were young, they were in their 20s, she wanted to desperately get married and have children desperately wanted to but she knew as soon as she signed that recording contract and they would have to be touring she she knew that was no place and no time for a marriage mm-hmm. because they would be on the road they couldn't keep it together they couldn't see each other well and, and that's an incredibly mature decision to make at that age oh unbelievable and uh, the stardom hit and there they go and uh she was depressed because she had wanted a family so bad and then after about 20 years, um, after about 20 years, she, uh, she met a man and, uh, he had already been married once and, uh, this was her first try at marriage and she wanted children and wanted them desperately and he didn't want children and he had had a vasectomy and he did not want to get it reversed. <clears throat> and so that marriage only lasted 14 months. Oh, wow. And she broke that marriage up. 
and she struggled uh, with it, and she started having image problems. You know, people um, are fragile and started believing that it was her fault. And uh, all, I mean, it was just, it was so sad for me to read it. Well, and back in those days when the media tried to tell tear an entertainer down, they, there was no Twitter, no Facebook to respond oh. or anything else. So something got said about you and, and they didn't sue people much back then. So, and, and, and they didn't have the means to treat things back then the way they, they have to treat now. And uh, she was taking folks, um, you know, she was losing weight, desperately losing weight. She was down to 90 pounds at one point. And uh, at one point, she was uh, she was taking 80, 80 to 90 laxative pills a night. Oh, my God. 80 to 90. And uh, she finally got help, and they put her on some medication, and she was starting to... Uh, to come back again, but uh, she died from a heart condition as a result of her anorexia and low blood sugar and all that kind of stuff in her body. And it was such a sad song because, or such a sad story. And, you know, she was, um, she was really good friends with people like Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was really good friends with them. And, and she was voted to ha- be one of the top 25 singers, have the, one of the top 25 voice, and she had a great voice. Well, and so unique and so, so deep for a woman, which yeah. is unusual. You know, she's in my top five of lead singers that actually play the drums. Because she played the drums, Wilson. <laughs> Who's your other four? I'm just curious. Uh, uh, Phil Collins. Okay. Uh, that's another one. Uh-huh. Um... I I know the, the other three are hard for me to come up with at <laughs> this point. Yeah, the one arm guy. What's his name? Rick Savage. That's it. But he's not a lead singer. I know it. But God dang, that guy could play the drums. And um, but it was just so sad. Um, so sad. And I I felt. Uh, I mean, you could just see it in your eyes. I mean, it really touched my soul. It was. It was just. Uh, and that's why. That was what made me look at it. Well, and you think. You think of the music that they could have kept making. Yeah. Because she was so young, and, uh, you know, back then, the record companies, hey, get back in there, another song, another song, another song. So they put out albums pretty quickly back in those days because the record companies had more control. Drinking coffee and looking at some stuff this morning. <clears throat> Um, I guess I'm going to have to go, if we're going to be talking about this as much as we are, I'm going to go out find the theme music from Yellowstone. Story today, you can now rent a cabin on the ranch where Yellowstone is filmed. <laughs> and and they will. Is it, isn't that in Idaho or someplace? Western Montana. Oh, I thought it was in Idaho they filmed it. No, it's over by uh, somewhere out of Darby, somebody told me. Mm. I, I don't know the exact location. Mm. Never been to Darby. Uh, you know, I lived in Missoula and I only went down that road a couple of times. Pretty drive. Mm-hmm. But if you go down that way, go down 93. Oh, look at all these Flakesgiving checks that are in today. Nice. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of curves, a lot of turns on that road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad. You know, folks, I tell you, there's, there's, uh, the human body and the mind is an amazing thing, uh, when it works right. But sometimes it doesn't work right. And uh, I really do think we need to do more to fix it and take the problem more serious because uh, people, people battle these things. And Well, and if you, don't have, if you don't have a friend that's willing to step in and fight you for it, mm-hmm. 
one of my favorite sayings is don't be afraid to surround yourself with friends who aren't afraid to hurt your feelings. Well, you got one here, Wilson. <laughs> I, I got a bunch. Because <laughs> I'm not afraid to tell it something that's going to hurt your feelers. Now, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. But it's a problem. And um, we need to fix it. I'll tell you another thing that saddens me, too, is uh, it really gets in my crawl, is, uh, is, is stories, stories of abuse. Uh, because there's, there's, there should be, there should be no exception uh, to any of that. I don't care who you are. Um, what you do, and uh, if I ever if I ever see it or have a chance to step in on it, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when did did you see when we came around the corner this morning down there on right on the corner here at the hotel? That guy and that gal that were down there. Mm-mm. And they were kind of wrestling around there on the corner, and uh, I didn't know if they were playfully doing it or if they were. And I, I tell you, I was about to roll my window down and and mm-hmm. yell and say, "Hey, you know," uh, because you just should. And uh, it saddens me. It it saddens me to think that. Uh, you know, these guys, these tough guys out there and, and uh, hurting women and girls. And it just, uh, I just have no tolerance for that. And it's sad. And we need to weed them out. We need to call them out. And we need to be more forceful. Um, well, you know. Against, against that type of behavior. And look, I understand. There, there's some people out there that, uh, want to get revenge and try to set people up and falsely accuse them. Right. And there's that side of it too, which is wrong. And we need to put the hammer down on that. But any other thing, I just, I have, I have a lot of compassion for people uh, like that. And uh, well, you know, it's just, it just one of those things that bothers me. I grew up with some of that. My mom's second husband smack us all around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I heard him upstairs one day fighting when I was 14 and I walked upstairs and my mom was on the ground and he was standing over her and all 95 pounds of me, I lowered my shoulder and I ran across that room and I hit him and I knocked that son of a bitch into the wall Mm -hmm. and I walked eight miles to my dad's house and that's when I lived with my dad. From that point on? From that point on. Good for you. And driving over, my dad, of course, very upset said, we're going to go get your stuff. You don't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be some fancy court proceeding. Mm-hmm. He says, Mark, I'm going to try and get your stuff in my pickup before I kill that guy. And on the way home, I'm going to tell you the story behind the night they drove old Dixie down. <laughs> Pretty much. And from that point on, folks, from that point on, he ruined his firstborn son, ruined him. And I am still paying the price. Set me on a career path. I am still paying the price this very day. 
you just heard a bit of it about Billy Swan's song. <laughs> Jeez. But it's a, it's an awful problem. It bothers me. It, it breaks my heart. And, uh, and, uh, and just, uh, I just, you know, wish that people would. It, it's never okay. No, uh, no. No. I wish just people would. No matter what the situation is, everybody's got financial issues mm-hmm. or whatever your deep-rooted issues are. Oh, okay. I got it, Mike. Good one. Good one. I'm opening up some Flakes Giving donations today. Uh-huh. Listen to this. <laughs> Enclosed, please find my donation for 2021 Flakes Giving. This is based on the $25 for this year and $25 for last year because I missed last year. And also, $5 for every point that the Mighty Grizz trounced the lowly cats with by this year, uh, 29 to 10. <laughs> Hopefully next year, and I know I'll probably be sending more. Oh, good. I got That's fine. Yep. That's fine. And then he says, by the way, when will the 189th be, pa- call- be called out again for a community service project? We're saving that for the big one, Mike. We're, we're saving calling out the 189th for the big one. And I tell you what, folks, I'll tell you this. If those rogue criminals and looters and rioters decide to move up into our community, and start breaking into all of our businesses and drugstores downtown and out at the mall and around the West End and in the Heights and running in with 20 and 30 people and stealing merchandise and run, the 189th is going to be called out. That's right. We'll call them out for that. But uh, thank you very much. I didn't have a chance yesterday to see... uh, Joe Biden's press conference. You know, they write it for him and they write it. I, I thought they canceled it like 15 minutes before he was supposed to go on. Oh, well, I saw him. I saw the recorded version. Yeah, of I saw a little bit. Yeah. Too. So, but, you know, they have to write it in like a seventh grade reading level mm-hmm. so he can get through it. And it was Monday. So he should have been on top of things because he, he's just coming off of a holiday weekend with, you know, four days of vitamin cocktails and everything else and IVs and things that he gets and. But uh, telling everybody, vaccines, masks, and get boosters now. Uh, the boosters is the most effective way to fight uh, the Omicron virus. And, and I'm, folks, I'm thinking, okay, we just discovered it Saturday. Okay, Saturday the news came out. Friday or Saturday about the new virus that they discovered in Africa. Well, let's see. Because Friday the stock market went down. It was tank. So it came out on Friday morning. All right. They already know. They already know that a booster shot is the way to knock out the Omicron virus. That's bullcrap. What study has been done showing the effectiveness of the booster on the Omicron virus? It's not even in the country yet. And before this, any kind of magic pill that was coming out, and I don't care if it's Viagra or Sudafed or whatever, it takes years for them to study before they get approval so we can get it. Mm-hmm. Boy, you wouldn't want to have a massive cough, though, and take a Viagra pill. (laughs) That would not be good. (laughs) But they're already coming out with that. Booster, booster, booster. You know what, folks? Last night, Senator Rand Paul, who's a doctor, by the way. And and never gets called a doctor by the news media. Nope. A trained doctor 
trained scientist in his field. You know, during his off time, he goes to foreign countries, does a lot of surgeries and things. You know, he was on last night talking about it. And, you know, he knows this. And so do the uh, pharmaceutical companies that are now the best friends of the Democrats. Democrats always hated pharmaceutical companies. Always, folks, hated big pharma. They waged wars against pharmaceutical companies, and now they love them. They can't get enough of Pfizer, 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 Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. They can't get enough of it. They, um, he came out last night, and he said, you know, there's a new vaccine. They got the new vaccine. They have the new one that was geared more towards the Delta variant, which we had talked about earlier where everybody said I was a jerk and I was lying and I don't know what I'm talking about. And we played it for you. And everybody knows the Delta variant's different than the COVID-19 variant. The spike proteins are different. It affects it differently, blah, blah, blah. You know, the same, all that crap. Um, They've got a new vaccine that is more effective against that variant, a new vaccine, but they haven't released it yet. And they haven't approved it yet. And we have the new vaccine already there, ready to go. And why? Well, speculation. But he thinks a lot of it is because the Biden administration had worked out so many deals and had bought so many doses, so many doses of all of the other vaccines that they need to use them. They bought them. You know, when you buy a half a billion vaccines so they since they bought them they want to use them all so they're not even producing the other one yet they don't give a rat's ass about saving lives or the people with the delta variant. well we bought all these so let's use all those up first and they're compassionate they could be sending those vaccines to places like africa Mm -hmm. that that didn't have an abundance of the first vaccine or some of the other countries that don't have the resources that we do, and we could be using the other one. It's crazy. You know, China's in the news. China is going to send, uh, I, I see a story today, where is it? China's going to send 600 million doses of the vaccine to Africa. And... Uh, You know, we could be doing that and then get the new vaccine out if that's the one that's going to, I mean, if that's what people want. Nope. Follow the bouncing money. And that piece of crap in China, G. The, I'll tell, the only reason he's sending vaccines to Africa is because he wants more elephant tusks. Yeah. He's an SOB too, Mark, since we're mentioning him. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple more we could bring uh, okay. up. Okay. <laughs> He just wants more tusk. Gives him a, you know. Yeah. All those guys over there, all they care about are their wieners. And that, and, uh, they want gallbladder bears and or bear gallbladder. I'm getting mad. I'm just putting my words different. I'm almost about to say something I probably shouldn't have. But uh, elephant tusks, you know. Yeah, he's a caring, compassionate man. So mask up, mask up. And and like they said last night, the infectious disease, once again, folks, the virus is here to stay forever. It's going to be like the flu. Mm-hmm. It will be. The flu is here every year. Yeah. Every, every. Well, except for last year when there was none. Oh, that's right. But every year the flu's here. And every year it mutates. It's a virus, the flu virus. And every year it changes. 
And every year they got to come up with a different vaccine to try to negate the effects of the of the flu. Sure, you may get it, but it will soften it for you. Relieve the symptoms a little better. We know that every year we can't get rid of the flu. Every year the flu's here every damn year. Folks, the COVID virus, that type of virus now, it's here forever. It will mutate. It will change. It will always be here. So what are they going to do every year? Every year we're going to have to get three vaccines a year. Every year mandated in your body. Every year by the government it's going to mandate it or you lose your job. You lose your retirement. You lose your livelihood if you don't get now three. Three in a year. Three in a year. Three of this vaccine in a year. Your decision. You want to get, you want to take a chance of dying? Don't get it. It's up to you. Should be. We all got that. Hell, I climb windmill towers all the time. I mean, I'm taking a chance. But it's my chance. It's It's my free ability to make my decision. The sovereignty over my own body. Mm-hmm. I have that right. I have that right. And anybody who is vulnerable and anybody who wants to be safe, anybody who wants to protect themselves and be safe, you have every freedom in this country and every right to go protect yourself and you're fine then. Mm -hmm. Then you're protected. It makes no difference what the other people are doing because you took the steps and the initiative to protect yourself. And that's what America does. It gives you the chance to save yourself and you can make that decision for your children. You can protect them. That's your decision. And your decision stops there. Right. Your decision doesn't come into my bedroom. And I have I have changed over the years dramatically upon that, the way I used to feel about certain things. What goes on in a person's home and in their bedroom is their own business. And it's the same thing with your own body. But you cannot hold anybody else responsible for it. And as long as it's legal, you have every right to do it. Yeah. That's it. Plain and simple. Now, did you hear what they're doing down in Denver? I need somebody to explain this to me. Down in Denver yesterday, they're, I, I don't know whether they have a commission or a council. I can't remember. They voted yesterday unanimously in Denver to outlaw outlaw candy flavored vaping products. They're just too damn dangerous. <laughs> but can't you still buy all the pot you sh- want? Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Okay. Once again, we're not talking about that. We're talking about candy flavored vaping products. Nope. Too dangerous. You can get kids hooked on it at an early age. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. And I'm going, what the heck? What the heck? But anyway, the... uh, and and the the initial reports are with the Omicron virus, from what I heard yesterday... Is that it? Uh, it's a mutated variety again, as it starts to change because of what we're injecting in people's bodies, and it's attacking it, and and so it mutates and it changes. It's a, it's a contagious variant. Some say it's not as lethal uh, and deadly because you know as you as you mutate, uh, you lose you lose strength, 
And uh, so we'll see what happens. Once again, the president's out there telling everybody, these are all the people, every one of them, Dr. Fauci, Kamala Harris, uh, Bernie Sanders, you, the list goes down the road. Joe Biden, they will never, ever trust the Trump vaccine. Never use it. Don't uh-huh. trust it. It's not safe. We got to, you know, we need more science, blah, blah, blah. And now, now it's the, it's the only answer uh, because they're, and you know, more people have died under Joe Biden with the viruses. You know, the president, he, he released all the hoops that companies and manufacturers, all the stuff that was tying them up, regulation, he, he made it so much easier to do all that. We owe him a big thank you for that. Look at the millions of lives he's saved with that. But you never hear that on KTV COVID here in Billings. Uh, you never hear that. Stop the tape. <laughs> so, Joe, you ass, why do we still have hundreds and hundreds of Americans behind enemy lines in Afghanistan if the president's job is to protect American people? There you go. Never going to get that question asked at a you press know, conference. When's the last time you've heard about that story? They buried it. Over and over and done. We... we we armed a nation and left. Does does any respectable news organization still care about those hundreds? That we got folks, we got people dying over there mm-hmm. every day, being found, being killed, being captured every day over there behind enemy lines every day. I can't imagine our poor soldiers uh, and special forces who were over there and had it under control uh, what they may think. God, and the le- have left some of their friends and buddies behind. I mean, that just that just gets, folks. You know, that's like that's like seeing your dog, um, that's like seeing your dog fall in the river and being swept away with a current, and you having just to sit there and watch him being pulled downstream when you could run in there and get him and save your dog. Yeah. Can you imagine what these soldiers and military people think about having to leave all those people behind? Oh, and we never hear about it, do we? No, no, there's not a story anywhere. Did you hear about Hunter Biden yesterday, folks? Did you hear about the Biden connection to China yesterday? The new book that came out yesterday, it's called The Laptop from Hell, and it chronicles everything on that laptop of Hunter Biden. That guy was a pig, drug-using, conniving snake, and the president of the United States was in on it. It's there. It's on the laptop. It's on black and white. They've got text messages, phone calls, attorneys. They got all the people that set up the finances for the Biden family who met with Joe Biden, our president, and others. It's all there. And what did you hear about it yesterday from KTVQ, Montana's news leader? Did you hear anything about that story yesterday on that news station? Hmm? I'm looking for it today in our paper, and I don't see it anywhere in this publication. He should be impeached, and it should only take 20 minutes to get rid of that man for what he he has jeopardized us. He is compromised now by China. He is a crook. He is a liar. He is a thief. Corruption throughout his veins. And we won't, uh, you won't hear it from these stations. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. Why, that's a crime family. Instead of the Sopranos, we could have the Bidens. Very similar, actually. Holy crap. The money. 
from the Ukraine. You know, the Ukraine. That's the one where Joe Biden said, look, unless you drop the prosecutor against my son, you're not getting a billion dollars worth of aid. Folks, that's a quid pro quo right there on tape, on film. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. No that's coverage. that's our man Joe. <laughs> old Joe. Yeah, old Joe. He's something, isn't he? Old Joe. Boy, he just rattles off some real dandies, doesn't he? Yeah, old Joe. His son got paid from the Ukraine. They had a picture in the book now of the $80,000 diamond that he got for rigging up a meeting between old Joe and a couple people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all there. Black and white. Evidence. You know, that's what they want is evidence. Right. Well, they got it. They want some evidence. Yeah, <laughs> they got it. They got it. KTV COVID, they won't cover it. I don't know if Color 8 covered it, but I doubt it because they're an NBC affiliate. Mm-hmm. And they're awful. The Gazette won't cover because they don't have a building to print their paper in anymore. So they're kind of <laughs> running out of ink and room, so they won't print it. It's awful. But these early morning conversations are a little different. It's not always doom and gloom. We always have some. Yeah, here's one. In the headlines today, folks, have you ever been to Barbados? Mark and I have been to Barbados. I remember I had a meal on the front porch of a house down in Barbados. I had the T-bone. Remember that? We went there and it was on that front porch of that house. It was it was a good meal. It was. Uh, and um, Barbados bids farewell to British monarchy, and they have now become a republic. They have stopped pledging their allegiance to the queen as it shed another vestige of their past. And Barbados becomes a republic for the first time in history. Several leaders, dignitaries, and others, including Prince Charles, attended a ceremony that began Monday and stretched into this morning. In a popular square where the statue of a well-known British lord was removed last year. I'm in a worldwide push to erase symbols of oppression. The drive to become a republic began more than two decades ago, culminated with the island's parliament electing their first ever president last month in a two-thirds majority vote down in Barbados. So Barbados now is not under British monarchy anymore. They are their own place, their own republic. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure the citizenship and the indigenous people of Barbados are very, very happy about that. Having their own country can run it as they want. Mark and I have been to Barbados. It's a pretty little island. However, I will tell them this. They are going to have trouble preparing for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> All right, Barbados is not a good place for Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Didn't you see the movie where Jamaica won the... Uh... I saw <laughs> the movie. God. Yep. Coach was just like John Candy, Mark. <laughs> see, that's why you're here. <laughs> I, I was wondering. There's a song or a movie for everything. but uh, Pop culture. Yeah. I still remember that was, I think, I think that's the best pina colada that I've ever had in my life was on the front porch of that restaurant in Barbados. The best out of the three? You're the best out of the three? <laughs> you heavy drinker? Hey, everybody, guess what? My partner is, hoo-hoo, I'm going to see him in the casino today. God! 
I've had more than three pina coladas in my lifetime. Oh, okay, good for you. Yeah. But that, I mean, they made it out of fresh cream, and it was just, it was just delightful. I really enjoyed it, so. <laughs> you know, folks, this, this little partnership we got, this is coming to an end quicker than you, <laughs> Cause, than cause you think. We're bugging each other oh, more Oh, my now. gosh. <laughs> but good for them. There's a million islands down there. Well, not a million, but there's a lot of them, tiny islands down there that I'm sure would look. The problem is, you know, they have their own independence and it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Mallory. These islands are all like Mallory, okay. my daughter. Mallory wanted her independence. She was smart enough, Mark, to run her own life and take on the world and everything. And so, um, so we granted her her independence oh nice just like barbados but see when you grant your independence see independence means something and independence is expensive yes it is mark because <laughs> because mark knows what it's like to be independent uh-huh. and i knew what it was like to be independent so we granted her independence and uh they find out very quickly whether you're an individual or whether you're a nation what independence means uh-huh. all the support stops all the money stops, and it's your baby. Right. Now, sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's not so good. When my daughter Mallory gets married, I already have the speech and the stories already lined up for the day, and it will be it will be good. Um, well, but, sa- save me a seat with the Woo Sisters. <laughs> oh, <God>. Woo! No, <laughs> nope. Nope, eh, no wine at that wedding. <laughs> Holy oh, good, good cow. luck with that one. <laughs> God. So, Mark, what are you doing afterwards? <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. Uh, well, Mark, if you ever go back to Washington, D.C., you got a place to stay. My sister would have you, and she would show you all around town. Boy, she'd be the, she'd be an awesome tour guide. Oh, yeah. Folks, when, when my sister, God, we went, one of our flakes trip. We went to Cancun in 2000, and uh, all of my family went that year. And my sister Joyce went, and uh, she went to Mark and I. We went that year. We went to Tulum, mm-hmm. and then there was uh, another tour that year, and they went to Chichen Itza, and those are the Mexican ruins. They're a little uh, more extravagant than the ones at Tulum. They're larger for right. one, a little right. further south. They were further away from Cancun, you know, it was about a six hour ride down there. And, uh, my sister went in a van with about eight to 10 other people. Cause she likes that kind of stuff. I knew right away. I did not want to go. I did not want to be in a van. First of all, with my sister for six to seven hours. And, um, anyway, they got back that night and I saw the people that got off the van and I asked him, how did it go? And none of them talked about Chichen Itza. <laughs> none of them talked about the restaurant they stopped at or the gardens that they stopped at. They all talked about my sister. And they said, your sister is something else. You know, she's she's opposite of you, Paul. Uh, no. But anyway, she, she, the whole time, she taught him Spanish. She was teaching them how to speak Spanish on their way down, on their way back. And and people had a pretty good time with her in there. 
She knows a lot about cultures mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just right. She, it's right up her alley. It is. And, and she's wicked smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Common sense lacking, but very smart, very intelligent and those kind of things. So they had a great time. That was a, those were the years when you could still climb up Chichen Itza. They didn't care. No. I'll take a piece home. That's right. Doesn't matter. It's five bucks to get in there. That's, I mean, those were the days. Now they have, they've gotten a lot better now and they protect their artifacts and, and protecting their monuments and things. And, and Mark and I even noticed that when we went, they, they've cleaned up the beaches and, and really have put forth an effort to try to do a better job down there. So, well, and you know what? <clears throat> when we were going there 25, 26 years ago, mm-hmm. the quality of the t shirts were so much better. I've still got T-shirts hanging in the closet, assorted beach shirts and Corona shirts that were a good quality T-shirt. Mark's got one that has a picture of 44 iguanas <laughs> on it with all the different sex positions. And he said, I, 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 want, I want to bring back something from Mexico. So he brought back that T-shirt. I brought it back with, for a friend. With all the iguanas. On. I'll tell you what, Tulum had the biggest daggone iguanas I've ever seen in my life down there. Mm-hmm. Huge. Those things, three, four feet long. They look like those dragons that they have there in Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay, another movie reference. Tulum is where Jeff Bridges finds oh, Rachel Ward in Against All Odds. Now, boy, if you could be put into a movie. Boy. Huh? Cut! Retake! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got that right. We better do that again. And there's a great song in there to boot. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting story about that. Well, tell me. No. <laughs> We started this segment with a dumb story. We're going to end this segment. They're not segment. dumb. It's all, just because it's not your thing. We don't want to end this segment on a dumb story. Okay. I thought you were going to give me a little against all odds there or something for a minute because of the uh, the Tulum story, but... Uh, not in the computer yet. Oh. Among oh. the many frustrations with this new computer, Paul and I lost 30, 30 years worth of music. Yes. And even just the regular library stuff from the rock station mm. and, and the country stuff didn't transfer over. Well, let me know what songs you need. Well, that's great, but I need like 500 of them. All of them. Yeah. I just I just want what we had. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. So I add another couple songs every day that I record in. It's like a teacher. They need all the correct answers on your tests. <laughs> right. Not just the ones you have. Right. All of them. I need all of them. Mm-hmm. We need all of them. Against All Odds was a great song. Oh, yeah. Great song. My second favorite lead singer drummer. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that earlier this morning. Don Henley was a lead singer, wasn't nope. he? Yep. Drummer. Yep. Okay, so he'd be in there. Ringo. Ringo sang I, I didn't like him. I didn't like anything about, you know, I didn't, I just didn't like the Beatles. Um, I just, I'm one of the guys that don't. Right, right. I just, um, who else? Uh, drummer, lead singers. Uh... Or singer. Um, was there, oh, uh, what's his name on the Monkees? Uh, Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Keegley of, uh, Night Ranger. Who in the hell knows that? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> Wilson. God. You wonder why I don't meet you for dinner? God. All right, let's do some news here. You sure I'm having a good no, time? <laughs> nope. Time for news. Time to get serious.